Welcome to the Much More Than Medicare broadcast. My name's Jay O. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare. This channel about much more than Medicare. There is a reason for renaming the channel. got to mention a couple of special videos, interviews that I've conducted over the past couple of weeks. First is Kim Browning. She is an elder law attorney. And what we discussed is the Britney Spears you know, saga, which looks to be kind of resolved or going to be resolved. But nevertheless, actually what it, the interview is really about are about the issues that can confront you irrespective of your age division. Most of the time, people are thinking about estates, wills, trusts, you know, when they're right as they're planning for retirement. But the reality is, is that when you, if you face a health emergency, then you are ceding control to who? Who's going to help you call the shots if you cannot call them for yourself? And that actually is what Kim and I spoke about. The second video is from is my interview with Susan M of M Law. So she's the, you know, flag waver, banner carrier of M Law. She's an immigration attorney. And in that what we talked about is about under the age of COVID, we certainly have some different travel problems. And in addition to that, the immigration matter where people are highly skilled persons are trying to immigrate into the United States and then also persons who are trying to go to other countries, for example, if they were expatriates. So please check those two videos out. Experts in their field, I was very happy that they were you know, good enough to use their time and spend with us. We've got a number of different topics today. Let's get started. So first, COVID Delta variant. So, you know, these are three words that we did not want to hear, obviously. The other day, I got these types of inquiries about travel. You need to be careful here. Um, first of all, generally speaking, I don't suggest travel insurance generally. However, now when you go to different countries, you're going to have to be careful. We had a conversation here on the channel with Susan M, who is an immigration lawyer, and the reason that there's a segue and a relationship with her is because of the fact that people are going across borders, people are trying to make plans to have their life return to normal. One of them is in, to travel internationally. The issue is that there are going to be special rules. You're going to have to do the legwork yourself in advance. And the reason I say that is that Many, many different countries are requiring either evidence of vaccines or evidence of health insurance of some sort, which would help. Now, generally speaking, your individual health insurance will not help you abroad. For that, there's a special type of insurance called international health insurance. You can see the link. We've got contacts where you can get set up for this. It is important because the cost is very good, meaning the price is very low. 
probably worth it. You'll have to decide for yourself. The second type of travel insurance has to do with just simple things like I couldn't make it due to the fact that, you know, I twisted my knee and so I couldn't make the flight. For that is just single trip health insurance. You know, some something goes wrong with your itinerary. I'm not as strong on this. Okay, I'm not as strong on this. But you can decide for yourself. Again, getting the price, getting the commoditized price for it is not difficult. Again, I've put links here that's also online quoting up on gh2benefits.com. However, given the fact that it's COVID, given the fact that, you know, we're going to have this where other variants, other developments, other trends are going to occur, I think that should be fairly self-evident now. As a result, something to take a look at. One of the most recent videos is why do-it-yourself fails. I can understand, you know, that people don't want to call me. Jay, you're annoying. You're trying to sell me something. You've already provided a ton of details here, free in podcast, video form. You've written a book. All of that stuff is true. That said, what I didn't say in the book is don't do it yourself. Because the reality is, is that I know the overwhelming majority of you are never going to call. You're never going to send me an email, even though I'm going to screen your your example free of charge. Nevertheless, that does not mean that I believe that you should do things yourself. And there's very important reasons for this. And it, no, not even a couple of business days pass by without another example. And this is a particularly interesting one. Well, maybe only to me, but you'll understand my point. So in this instance, the person who contacted me has senior parents. The senior parent moved from state one to state two. The name of the states is not necessarily pertinent. Now, this particular person who reached out to me is a prominent attorney, prominent, okay? And not only that, but the specialty of this attorney is specifically in elder law, specific. So in other words, this is not the uninformed party who reached out to me. This is the informed party who reached out to me. Said, well, we had some snafu with the prescription drug plan because the person had moved and took their old prescription drug card to the new state in state number two to the pharmacy and found out that their Part D had been canceled. Is this, so let's go to this particular fact first, which is not the guts of where we are going. Is this allowable? Yes, the answer to that is yes. If you have moved outside of the service area for either Medicare Advantage or Part D, you are not allowed to stay in that plan. You do have the right to change under a special election period. Okay, now that is good in the sense that the options are in your favor. For example, you could have seen, you could have had a plan that didn't quite fit you exactly right and you were dissatisfied for some reason and you've moved to state number two. Well, guess what? You get to start over. It doesn't matter what time of the year. 
So that was the first fact, but then came the more important and more complicated fact, which is the person had Medigap moving from state one to state two. Now, I needed to check this because of the fact that the elderly parent wanted to stay on Medigap in state number two. That is completely understandable. Satisfaction rate for Medigap policy owners, exceptionally high when they find out their bill is zero after they've met the Part B deductible. Let's continue on. The person says, okay, I would like to keep this, this Medigap plan if possible. I, however, have to do some work because somewhere here, I needed to check to make sure that the pricing was competitive because generally speaking, it the pricing will change if you've moved from state one to state two. There's nothing to say that it will be worse for you. It may be actually better. Very deep in the weeds we go because there's no real way that an everyday consumer would be aware of this fact, much less get the information to be able to confirm. It gets worse. So during this process of me confirming the new price in state number two, what ends up happening is a representative account, an intermediary. So we've got a complicated, you know, a bunch of, you know, administrative steps that I've got to complete. We go to an intermediary. Intermediary says, you can't be a policy owner in state number two at all. And now all sorts of alarm bells start to ring here. I'm not going to name the carrier. I'm not going to name the state. I'm not going to name, you know, the intermediary. None of that is necessarily pertinent to the underlying facts here from this anecdote. So I go to then and I scratch my head. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. It can be that you get a different set of prices if you're an out-of-state person, but the idea that you'd be kicked out, ejected against your will doesn't sound right. I continue to check, and again, I get the same answer. I get the same answer. And then when I continue to press, I said, okay, fine, let's presume that you're right, then show me the cancellation letter that I'm going to receive or that the elderly parent in state number two would receive. You'll have to, the answer I got is, you'll have to talk to the carrier directly. And so I do. So now, literally 10 emails and two hours on the phone later and four reconnects at the carrier, finally, I get the answer, which is that the carrier is going to extend coverage to the person in state number two, but simply at a different price point. The point here is that I've been saying you don't do this for yourself for a variety of different reasons, right? I've already reviewed them for you. There are multiple videos here on the channel, multiple podcasts and broadcasts, which have detailed these for you. And that actually is the implication to maximize your Medicare, which is that, yeah, the 
rights and options are hugely in the buyer's favor, hugely in the buyer's favor. That doesn't mean that you actually being to access those options and being able to execute the options are that simple. I'm not gonna, I stop short of saying that. I stop well short of saying that. And there is a reason for that, right? And this is all throughout the book, which is that I'm telling you different combinations, different combinations of situations where you want to consider very carefully what your rights and options for are because that, that's very key, central to getting the most for your money, getting the best benefits, the ones that, that fit you best, right? The rights and options in the Medicare system are in your favor, but that doesn't matter if you can't know what they are, first of all, that's what the book is for, but executing them is a second level and executing them and making sure that you're right are the things that it's not really, candidly speaking, it's not reasonable to expect an everyday person to be able to confirm these facts. It's not. And here is your example. Even the highly educated, specifically qualified attorney wouldn't have been able to make the calls to get the wrong answer first, to be able to recognize it as wrong and therefore continue to dig until you got the correct answer. You can imagine, put yourself into that person's shoes, the attorney's shoes. Now, strip out the fact that he's strictly qualified in contracts. As a result, you can see why while I'm happy that you're here on, this, on the channel, while I hope that you're getting lots of good information about the rights and options under Medicare, as well as to, you know, tips, pointers to avoid pitfalls, I stop well short of the idea that doing it yourself is a good idea. The two sources online that I very frequently read and accept as true are Kaiser, which is Kaiser Health News, as well as the Commonwealth Fund. These are two think tanks, if you will, independent, independent organizations with research capabilities. And generally speaking, generally speaking, I find most of their findings to be, in it, to be accurate, correct. There can be exceptions. Here's one that I just received. Literally, I was going to send out the video, and then this came into my inbox. So here it is. Small share of Medicare supplement plans offer access to dental vision and other benefits not covered by traditional Medicare. This is wrong from the jump. From the jump, it's wrong, okay? Medigap has a standardized set of plans. Anything on top is either a la carte free or a la carte with a charge. They are not to be considered part of the standardized Medigap plan. It is very important to distinguish. They are not taking money from your Medigap 
premium and putting it towards these other items. They're not. It's not part of the calculation. You got a lot of fancy language by people who are better educated than I. Okay, that's all fine. I'm going to accept the idea, their findings here. Small declining share, etc., etc. All of these are in plan G. To be candid with you, these observations don't mean very much at all. Okay. Is it true that certain carriers are offering a la carte access to dental vision hearing? The answer to that is yes. The money, however, is not coming from your Medigap premium. It should not be considered to be other benefits. There's a important distinction here and this is why this is the source of my objection to this article. It's creating misunderstanding. Okay. Let me make some extra points. Number one, is it my recommendation at certain times to certain individuals that they choose one Medigap carrier versus another Medigap carrier as a result of access to one of those two paths that I mentioned in this segment? The answer can be yes. The answer can be yes. Why? Let's just call it carrier number one. They could be offering a different dental and vision enhanced package at a price in a similar way that Medicare Advantage does. Okay, that does not mean that it is part of Medigap. That's what this article is implying. That's what it's stating. The reader here, I double blinked here at this article because of this reason, because of this clause, phrase. Okay. Can the carrier, number two to that, is can the carrier be simply adding discounts for dental and vision hearing? Yes, it can. Why? Because the company could be affiliated with these other subsidiaries in some way, licensing agreements, etc. that other commercial pathways to create the discount. True. That does not mean, again, back to my bottom line, which is it is not mean that it is part of Medigap. They should not be considered the same. And you can see it right here. Strangely, strangely meaning I'm not amused, you can see the, the text that I highlighted here. However, the data do not distinguish between those policies that embed these benefits with no additional cost and those that offer them with an additional premium. Well, guess what? It's very important here that, you know, that they, they should have distinguished this right up front. Absolutely right up front. And you can see other 
language here. Medigap plans are funded exclusively through benefits, meaning that any additional benefits must be accounted directly through rate increases, which are borne by beneficiaries. No. That, that, that is not what's going on at all. Right? The money that you get as far as the benefits go cannot be part of the Medigap rate calculation. They're not. This article from the get-go is wrong. That's all I've got for today. If you've liked today's podcast, be sure to give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks.